Awesome, man. We just had a party this past week. And uh, so once again, thank you for all the volunteers that made this week happen. I'm just so grateful for that. And if you've got a kid who didn't participate this year, uh, sorry, they missed out a little bit. But hopefully if we do this again in the future, you do not want them to miss out on this opportunity, all right? Hey, before I dive into the message, I want to share something and I want the men to pay attention. This is an announcement just for you. Men, uh, if you were here uh, back on Father's Day, um, I talked to the men and I just felt like God had put a burden on my heart for the men of our church that we would gather together uh, to pray together. And so that week we called the men together, a bunch of guys, about 86 guys met right here. And we spent about an hour early in the morning praying together. And leaving that morning just felt like this is something that we need to do more regularly here as a body of Christ, all right? And with the men here in our church, we believe the men are, are called to be spiritual leaders in this world and in our homes. And so often we, we sit back, we lean back. And so the challenge is how can we lean in together? And so what we're doing beginning this month, which begins this Wednesday, the first Wednesday of every month, I'm calling the men to a one hour of prayer right here from 6.30 until 7.30 a.m., all right? I know you're like, that's early. You're right. But important things are worth making an adjustment to our schedule for. And I know as men, it's very easy in the evenings, like we're worrying about family things and all that kind of stuff oftentimes. But I can do things early in the morning it just means I got to give up one hour of sleep and we can do that. And so I am challenging the men right now to begin putting on your calendar the first Wednesday of every month. Ladies, you can help your men remember the first Wednesday of every month. We're gonna begin this Wednesday, August 2nd, from 6.30 till 7.30 right here. Do whatever you can to, to make that a priority in your schedules. We're gonna to gather together. There's something that Jesus said. Jesus said there are certain things that only happen through prayer and fasting. And I think there's some things in your family and I think there's some things in this church that God wants to do, but it's gonna demand us to take another step and say, we're willing to lean in at a higher level spiritually than maybe we have before, all right? And so I challenge you men to join me this Wednesday morning beginning at 6.30, all right? Cool, well, we are gonna get rolling, uh, continuing with the series that we have been in over the last uh, couple of months, Exiles, as we are walking through uh, the book of First Peter. Uh, if you haven't been around over the last uh, couple of months, just some context, this is a letter written by the Apostle Peter to a group of believers that are living in an area where it's a little difficult to follow Christ. We're following Jesus, it's kind of looked down. It sounds a lot like the culture that we live in. And if you haven't been around the first chapter and a half, Peter begins this letter by giving an encouragement to them. He talks to these believers. We sang about it, this living hope that we have in Christ. He talks about this inheritance that we have in Christ. He talks about an identity that we have in Christ, that we are chosen, like that we are loved, that we are the people of God, this amazing identity that we have. But then last week, we got to the turning point in the book. It's the pivoting point where he goes from talking about the identity, this amazing thing that we have, to saying, okay, well, how do we live this thing out? If you missed last week, the passage we looked at was in 1 Peter chapter 2, says this, Dear friends, I urge you, as foreigners and exiles, that's what we are as followers of Christ, abstain from sinful desires or fleshly lusts. We talked about that last Sunday, which wage war against your soul. They're literally killing you. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits. All right? And so last week we said, what's our big so what? The big so what last Sunday was this. Jesus is looking for a Monday faith. 
said, we're really good at the Sunday faith. We got the Sunday thing down. We know how to play the game on Sunday. But what does Monday look like? Does your life look different? If people were to watch you, would they see that you have a hope, that you live in a way that is different from everyone else? That's what he's calling us to, to live these good lives as he likes to call it. And so this morning, we're going to dig into that and say, what does it really look like in the ordinary parts of our lives to live this faith out. We'll dig into it. So if you got your Bibles, you're going to need it this morning. We're going to look at a lot. So if you got your hard Bibles or if you've got uh, your phone, pull out your Bible app. We're in the NIV this morning in 1 Peter chapter 2. All right. Would you stand with me across the room? So we're going to read our text this morning. Just one verse I got for you. Just one verse we're going to read to begin, but we're going to be digging through a long passage this morning. All right. 1 Peter chapter 2, beginning in verse 13, says this, submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority. Father, I thank you for your word. And uh, a lot of people view the word of God as something that's trying to kind of keep us away from all the good stuff. But Lord, I truly believe your word is what breathes life. Your word is the thing that that breathes hope into our lives. And so God, I pray today that you would give us the ability to be responsive to what you say, that we would have a heart that is submitted to yours. We pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said... Amen. You can be seated. Uh, how many of you have ever had someone tell you something that you didn't want to hear? You have those moments like, I, I didn't want to hear that, you know. Uh, you ever been to the mechanic and you're just there thinking there's a squeaky something and they're like, yeah, your transmission shot. Like, thank you. thank you for that one. Maybe you're a parent and you took your kid to the uh, parent-teacher conferences and you found out your kid's horrible. <laughs> yeah, that happened, you know. Or maybe you went to the doctor. Anybody ever gone to the doctor and they said, yeah, you could stand to lose a few. Like, shut your mouth. I don't need to hear that from you, right? This happened to me uh, this past spring. Uh, I had mentioned that I kind of started attempting, <laughs> attempting to lift weights this past fall. And uh, in, in the middle of de- December, I was lifting. I was doing the bench with my buddies. And I'm like, something went, like in the middle of the bench. And I'm like, oh, no. Like, I felt something pop, and like, it was just, was just painful. I'm like, no. And so I tried to let it heal for the week. And then uh, by the end of the week, like, oh, this is too much. Went to the doctor, like, yeah, you've probably strained something. You've probably done something. You just, just hopefully it can heal, and you won't have to do anything beyond that. I gave it a few weeks, a few months. I went to a chiropractor, was doing a lot of care for like three months. Nothing was getting better. And they finally said, you know what? You should probably get an MRI and go see an orthopedic. I'm like, great. Okay, so, so, I, so I get the MRI and I go to the orthopedic doctor, you know, never met this guy before, walk into the office, chit-chatting with a second. He's like, let's look at your, your MRI. So he pulls the MRI up on the screen and he's pointing out, he's like, well, I'll show you the, the real issue, but I'll just show you some things here on your shoulder here. It's whole, my whole shoulder. He's, see these little white marks all over the place? Yeah. He's like, these are, these are probably places where you've maybe strained something, tore something in the past, but it's healed up, whatever. He's like, this is fairly normal. This is what the normal shoulder of an active middle-aged man would look like. I said, excuse me? So then active middle, I said, you shut your mouth, doctor. I'm just meeting you right now. Like, we don't have that kind of vibe right now, you know? Like, seriously? He's like, sir, you do have a number after the four. I'm like, again, I don't need you to remind me of this. Okay, it's the last time I'm going back to that doctor, you know? It's like, there's times where you just hear things, I didn't want to hear that, okay? And we get to this point in the letter And Peter is going to tell us how to live such good lives, right? Such good lives. It's just not going to be something many of us want to hear, okay? 
There's so many options for what Peter could have started with, right? He just says, live such good lives. And he could have gone into all this different stuff. Like he could have said, oh, just love, just love people, just share love. That's what you need to do. Or he could have said, joy, you need that. We sang it this morning, just have joy, just smile, right? Be that kind of a person. He could have talked about kindness, random acts of kindness. Go show access, go care for the poor. These are all good things. These are all things we should be doing as believers. But he doesn't say any of those things. Instead, he starts with the least exciting word possible. Submit. Like submit? Seriously? That's like, ugh. Does anybody agree? Like that's not a word I want to hear. It's not a word we enjoy doing. First of all, submission is the last thing that most of us want to do, especially the rebels. Who are the rebels in the room? Raise your hand. You're a little bit of a rebel. It's just natural. It's okay. Some of you, some of you are like, I'm supposed to be a Christian. I can't do that right now. But like, we know better than that. Okay. Like I get it. Some of us were just naturally wired that way a little bit. Okay. But even if you're not a rebel, we all want to do things our own way. We don't want to submit. But more than that fact is that we just don't want to is that submission usually feels like we've lost. Doesn't it? How many remember the game Mercy? Remember the game Mercy? I'm gonna get some helpers up this morning. Boys, run up here. Run, 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 run. Give it up for my boys, all right? Sorry, these are my men. Never mind, I got men up here now. These are, these are my men. My, my men, they, they almost weigh more than I do and their feet are bigger than mine already. So, okay, these are my, this is Levi and this is Asher. Okay, all right, so you guys are gonna be my helpers for a second. So if you never played the game Mercy, here's what you do. You gotta get your fingers here. You interlock fingers with somebody, all right? And then when I say go, not yet. When I say go, what the, the point is, one of them is gonna try and get the other person to submit and to, to cry mercy, but we're gonna need some theme music to do this. Hit the theme music in the back. Go! All right, all right, all right. All right. <laughs> That's good. Go down before you hurt somebody. Okay. All right, so you get it. You get the game, Mercy. You play until someone gives in. You play until someone relents. You play until somebody submits. And in Mercy, submitting means weakness. It's something that is forced upon us. But in Christ's kingdom, it's different, okay? It's different. So we're gonna start with a principle again. This isn't a principle any of us wants to hear. This might not excite you, but it is a non-negotiable in the kingdom of God, and it's this. Christ's followers choose radical submission. Christ followers choose radical submission. Submission. They don't just submit when they're forced to or when they're made to. No, they choose it. You see, the way of Christ is one of submission. It's not rebellion. What is rebellion? Rebellion is the way of Babylon. Rebellion is the way of Satan and his kingdom. It is not Christ. But in addition, Peter's not only saying that submission is the way of Christ, but that submission is ultimately a means for us to actually point people to God. That's what he's getting at. It's a crazy idea, okay? And so as we dig through this, I think the examples are going to kind of reveal that a little bit, all right? So we want to start with the text, right? Get your Bibles out. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 13, where he says this. He says, submit yourselves for the Lord's sake. Stop there for a second. For the Lord's sake, okay? Why are we submitting? Is it because the person that we're submitting to deserves us to submit to them? 
Nope. Are we doing it because they're, so, they're just the greatest authority of all time? No, we're not submitting for any of those. We are doing it for the Lord's sake. What does that mean? In response to him, because I honor Christ, because I honor God, I will choose to submit what? To every human authority. Now, this is going to be a challenge for most of us. Because how many say know that there are some human authorities? I don't like those th- authorities. <laughs> I don't like those authorities, Okay. Well, there's a, there's a grander principle here that I'm telling you, young people, youth in the room, hear this. This is one of the greatest strongholds the enemy has against people and humanity right now. And it's only getting worse. And if you can get a hold of this spiritual truth, it will set you free. It will set you, it will reap blessing in your life if you can get a hold of this, okay? And I'm gonna say some of you adults, this has been a wrestling and a struggle in your life. And there's, there's I believe the Spirit of God is gonna call you this morning to a place of repentance in an area that maybe you haven't wanted to, okay? But here's the principle that we find this laid out. Paul lays this out in Romans chapter 13, verse 1. And here's what he says. He says, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Okay, what's he saying there? Authorities haven't just been placed there by man. No, authorities have been placed there by God. There is something divine about these authorities placed in your life. Okay, which this is the second part. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted and those who do so bring judgment on themselves. Okay, here's the principle. I got, a, I got an image I wanna show you here this morning because I think it'll help you see this this morning. Okay, a lot of times we talk about, we'll sing it in songs and we'll preach it that God has all authority. You ever heard that before? God has all authority. You've got all authority. God has all authority. But what we see in Romans chapter 13 is the reality that God delegates authority to others. And we're going to put up another image here. That there's these little authorities that are placed all over. Every authority has been established by God. This this sense of God placing authorities. And so here's why this matters. It's because a lot of times we say, well, God, I'm under your authority. Like I submit to your authority. And yet when God will place authorities in our lives, we have a tendency to rebel against them. And what we have to see is in that moment, we aren't just rebelling against that authority. We're actually rebelling against God who has established that authority in our lives. And why do we submit to an authority? Do we submit because they're good, because they're nice, they're so intelligent, they're such a great leader? Do we submit? No, we're not submitting to the person. We're submitting to the authority that God has given to someone. Do you understand that? Okay. And so often we are in rebellion against man thinking, well, I love God, I'm submitted to him. But in reality, we're actually rebelling against God because we're not willing to submit to the authorities he's put in our lives. And so why is Peter addressing this right here? Why is he talking to them about this, this group of people? Remember, they were outsiders. Nobody loved them. They they were struggling to follow Jesus in a world that didn't like them. They, They cast them out in some way. And here's the reason why Peter is addressing this. You need to hear this. He's addressing them about uh, submission to authority immediately because it would be really easy for these outsiders to say to themselves, yeah, well, we follow Jesus. These horrible people don't love us. They're not treating us right, but we follow Jesus. He's our king. He's our Lord. So we don't have to submit to those authorities over here. We're just submitted to Jesus. And he's saying, no, that's not how this works in the kingdom of God. We don't do things that way. 
The way of Christ is still one of humble submission to authority. Yes, you have an amazing identity, right? You have this amazing identity, this powerful identity, right? You've been given all this amazing stuff, this position in Christ, but we still operate in a posture of humble submission to those in authority. He's saying this, you can't carry the identity of Christ, but behave like the way of Babylon, like the way of rebellion, okay? In the world we live in, as I said, the world we live in, rebellion is looked favorably on, right? The person who can pave their own path, I do my own thing, I don't listen to nobody, I do whatever, yeah, 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 that's fine in, in Babylon. But in the kingdom of God, we operate differently. He's calling us to live differently, and that's what we're gonna dig in. And so we're gonna get a bunch of examples of these, all right? And so uh, you will follow along with this. If you got your Bibles, there's four examples as we jump through the rest of this text here. All right, so bump your neighbor. Tell him, here we go, here we go, okay? Here we go, verse number 13. I'm gonna start there again, and then we're gonna walk through this passage, all right? It says, submit yourselves for the Lord's sake, right? Because of him, to every human authority, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. All right, right out of the gates. This is crazy. Live such good lives among the pagans. What's the first thing he says? Submit to the governing authorities. Seriously? Like that's the thing we're gonna talk about first? All right, but this is what he's driving into, okay? He's talking about who is it? The emperor, the governing authorities. What is our application of that? Whatever our governing authorities, whether that's you know, local, federal, whatever it is, these are governing authorities that have been placed in our lives in some way. And so this is what he's addressing. So he goes on in verse number 15. He says, For it is God's will that by doing good, right, living such good lives, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. What's he saying? Okay, that when people look at you, they watch you, the way that you respond to these authorities, they should see something different. They, they, might, have, they might be trying to trash you because you're a Christian, but they watch your behavior and like, that is an honorable person because of the way that they behave toward authority, right? It goes on in verse number 16. It says this, live as free people. Remember, you're children of God. You've been set free. You've been redeemed. You are free people. But do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. I'm free, so I can do whatever I want. No, no, no. Instead, he says what? Live as God's slave. And because I honor Christ, because I'm submitted to Christ, because I put myself under his authority, I choose to live differently. Not because I have to, because I'm a slave to it, but because I choose to be in submission to God. All right? All right. Now, what, is, what does this really look like? How does this relate to us? I will say this. Just because you're a believer doesn't give you permission to act like an idiot when it comes to earthly authorities. It doesn't. Because we get a lot of believers that are like, well, I don't have to, I follow Jesus, right? I follow Jesus, so I don't care about what the president says. I don't care what my governor, I don't care what my governor says. I don't care what the mayor says. I don't know all those things. If we get an attitude, this very rebellious type heart toward the authorities that God has placed in our lives. And we can respond this way. And it's like, no, because you follow. It's not like I follow Jesus, so I don't have to follow these authorities. No, because I follow Jesus, I must be predisposed to submission in my heart toward every authority that God has placed in my life. Okay? That's the calling. That's what we've been commanded to. This, isn't, this is the part where I'm like, it ain't all fun, guys. Right? This isn't the fun text, right? Let's preach John 3.16. It's way more fun. Okay? But he's leaning. He's like, this is what it means. Now, uh, some of you might say, but Peter didn't know the kind of leaders we would have, Greg. 
he didn't know, like he didn't know how horrible our politicians would be and all these, he just didn't get it. Like he, he, would, he would think differently today, Greg. Do you know who the emperor that he's referring to here in this passage is? Anybody know? Nero, Nero. thank you, Nero. Has anybody read about Nero? Psycho, right? Like the guy was crazy, he was nuts, and he was evil. And the stuff he did is horrible. In fact, two years after Peter wrote this letter, two years, he was killed by Nero's proclamation that basically said, we're killing the Christians, okay? And it's that leader, I know we got crazy politicians, but they ain't like Nero. And so this command kind of has to meddle with us a little bit because he's putting a challenge out there that for us can feel uncomfortable. We say, listen, you have been challenged to submit to every authority, okay? Now, are there times when we don't submit to a authority that way? Yes, there are. It's very clear. When your submission to the, if someone is commanding you to do something that is in direct conflict with the commands of God, absolutely. Even Peter himself in the book of Acts, there was a moment where the authority said, you can't preach Jesus. It will let you go, but you're not allowed to preach Jesus. And he's like, what do you want me to do? Follow Jesus or follow you? Sorry, I'm gonna follow Jesus on this one and I'm gonna preach. Okay, And so there are moments where you are going to be challenged. But I would say a lot of us, we don't get to that place. We just don't like what they say. And so therefore, in our hearts, we get a rebellious attitude. We might not have rebellious actions, but we definitely can have rebellious attitude toward those in authority. And this is, he's going to mess with us on this one a little bit, okay? So does this mean we just need to be passive in our nation? We're just going to be passive. Just sit back. I'm just going to not say anything. I'm not doing anything. Here's the good news. We don't live in Rome, okay? We live in America, Okay, and in America, guess what? We get to be involved in the decisions that are made in our nation. We actually get to be involved in voting. We get to be involved in affecting the laws and those things that take place. And so as believers in Christ, we should be active. You should be active in your school. You should be active in whatever way you can to help bring the values of the kingdom of God here. Now I know a lot of, there's a lot of believers that can swing the pendulum one way or another. They swing the pendulum over here and it says, yeah, let's force Christianity on everybody else and you got to do it this way. Okay, that's not the way of Christ. But you can swing the pendulum the other way, far, way too far that says, well, we're just not going to say anything. I'm not going to involve in anything. I'm like, no, that's, that's a toxic view as well. The privilege we have as Americans in the nation we live is we do get to engage in things. We do get to speak the values. And if we genuinely believe that the values of the kingdom of God are actually what is best for humanity, then why wouldn't we do everything we can to bring those values to the world around us? Okay but we do it with a posture of submission in our hearts. Not one of rebellion that says, We're, we know better, we're gonna, no, no. In submission to Christ and submission to authorities, all right? Okay, that's the first element. The next one he digs into the next section. Here's in verse number 18. Okay, 18 says this. Slaves, in reverent fear of God, submit yourselves to your masters, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. Stop here for a second, because everybody's like, whoa. Okay. First off, you have to understand, we're talking about slaves. The understanding of a slave in, in our nation and in the history of America is different than the understanding of slave at this point. Uh, more often, this is like a household servant that actually oftentimes they would have the ability to gain their own freedom and purchase their own freedom in time. 
Okay, so we're not talking apples to apples. Secondly, this text, which has been used historically in very, very evil ways to basically say, see, God says you should have slavery. No, not at all. That's the complete opposite. Peter is dealing with a reality of their culture and he was speaking to people in the reality. There are other places in scripture says, if you can get your freedom, get your freedom. That's great. That's not the, the point here. He's saying, hey, this is a reality right now. So I'm gonna talk to you, you as, as people who, who still are choosing to follow Christ in a challenging circumstance. And what does that look like? And so when you read this, what you have to understand is there's a bigger principle that's at play here. And the principle is this, how do we respond to unjust authority? How do we respond to unjust authority? How might that play out in your life? Well, maybe it's a boss who's just a jerk to you. Maybe it's a teacher that sometimes doesn't treat you fairly. Maybe it's a, a leader in some way that sometimes doesn't treats you the way you feel like you deserve to be treated. Sometimes it's a parent. Like you've got a parent in your life and the way they treat you seems unjust at times. Okay, how do we respond to those authorities in our lives? Because a lot of us, we can say, well, if they're a bad leader, then I don't have to submit, right? My, my submission is contingent on their worthiness of me submitting to them. But no, the believer is predisposed to submission to all authority, even the bad ones. We aren't predisposed to fight for our rights. We are predisposed to lay down our rights. And who is our, the person that we look to? It is Christ. Look at the very uh, two verses down in verse number 21. It says this, to this you were called, this whole idea of submission to even unjust authority. Why? Because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. See, we respond like Jesus. That's the calling. And I know some of you, you're probably just sitting there like, yeah, but that's not fair, Greg. <laughs> that's not fair. You're right. You're right, like I, I can't like talk around that one. The reality is sometimes it isn't fair. Let me ask you a question though. Was Jesus treated fairly? No, but he came not just to do something, but to demonstrate a way of living that he is inviting us into. One of radical submission, even when it feels like it isn't fair in some way. Now, are there exceptions to this? Are there times when we can remove ourselves? Of course, if you find yourself, he's talking to slaves who oftentimes are, are in a position where they don't, just can't quickly walk out of this thing. If there's the ability to remove yourself from a toxic a leader in some way, Rick, step out from under that, obviously take that step, right? Get yourself out from under that authority if it's, it's becoming toxic and abusive in some manner. But sometimes we find ourselves in those situations and getting out isn't an option right now. And so what's the attitude of our heart? Is it one of rebellion that says, I'm still gonna turn away and do my own thing? Or are we gonna follow the way of Christ, right? He, he, he isn't being exhaustive in this passage. He's not giving all the exceptions to the rule. He's trying to give the general principle. And the general principle is submission. The way of Christ is radical submission, not self-centered rebellion, okay? All right, so we get to the next section. I told you this is a fun message, guys, right? <laughs> Oh, submission, so much fun here. Okay, let's go on to chapter three, verse one. Okay, he starts talking to the wives. He says, wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over 
without words by the behavior of their wives when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. All right, context here. All right, he's speaking to wives, a wife who has come to faith, but her husband is not a believer. That's who she's talking to, okay? Think about this. She, he's addressing another power situation, another authority situation. Number one, there's a, the image of spiritual authority within a home, but there also in this culture is the idea that the man is the authority in the home. So why is he not talking to men who came to faith, but their wife isn't a believer? Because in this culture, if the man comes to faith, everybody's coming to faith. He's making the decision for everybody. So that isn't an issue here. The issue he needs to address is wives who find themselves in this circumstance. Like, I'm a believer, I've committed Christ. And why is he addressing this? Because he's saying, here's what might happen. Just like you guys are on the outside, you might find yourself on the outside with your husband and saying, you know what? I follow Jesus, so I'm not submitting to my husband. You're not a follower of Christ. I'm gonna do what I want to. And he's saying, no, 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 that's not the way of Christ. I know, I know you're a believer, but guess what? You're gonna still operate in submission to the authority that's in your life. And he goes on to say, why? Why? Because if you do this well, if your light shines in front of your eyes, guess what? You might actually lead your husband to faith in Christ because he sees the purity of your life and your submission. He says, you know what? I'm willing to follow Christ. I see something in you, okay? That's the invitation. That this, and this is what we see throughout all of this, that people see the way you respond to authority. People are watching you. And if you operate like everybody else, then you look no different than the world. But when you operate in radical submission to those in authority, guess what? There is something markedly different about your life. They say, nobody else does that. You're right. The wide road is rebellion. The narrow road that Jesus calls us to looks different. Okay, and there's another just little two verses in here I wanna, I wanna show you real quick. He says this, because <clears throat> this is misunderstood, I think. He said, your beauty, he's talking to the women, your beauty should not come from outward adornment such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold, jewelry, or fine clothes. Rather, it should be <clears throat> that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. Now, a lot of legalistic churches have used this to say, nope, can't have fancy hair, can't wear jewelry at all, can't wear makeup, can't do any of those kind of things. Nope, 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 no. That's called legalism, all right? What is he saying here? He's saying, listen, y'all need to stop just worrying about how you look on the outside. You need to start dealing with what's going on the inside. Let me ask you a meddling question for a moment. Think about how many minutes a day you spend working on preparing your exterior. And then think about how many minutes on an average day you spend working on your heart. My guess is most of us would be embarrassed by the difference of those, okay? And so the challenge he's given is, listen, don't just work on the outside. He's like, don't just be doing something on the end. What is going on inside of you? Live a different life. Live up to who I have called you to be. All right, we go on to the next section. Verse number seven. And actually, I want to jump back to this real fast because I'm giving the exception everywhere, okay? Does this mean, oh, no matter how my husband treats me, I just have to submit? Listen, if you're in a place where you've got a husband who's been acting sexually inappropriate in other ways, okay, having an affair, whatever, of course, get out from there. If you're in a situation where the, there's significant abuse that needs to be dealt with, of course, we're not saying, hey, just stay in whatever the circumstances. What I'm saying is your heart should be predisposed towards submission. Why? Not because the person deserves it, but because you honor Christ, Okay. We go on to the last section here, and this one is, is a part of this section, but it's a little bit different, because up until this point, we've been talking about somebody who had, in their culture, a clear authority, and you're underneath of that authority. That's what we've been talking about. But now he's going to talk to the husbands, okay? And in their view, the husbands were the authority, 
Like they were the ones, why, why are you telling the husband to deal with the authority and submit to authority? They are the authority in the home. But what does it say? It says, husbands in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives. What does that mean? To be considerate, it literally means according to knowledge. What does that mean? It means that you should be basically an investigator of your spouse, finding what does she love? What does she care about? How does she think? And how can I best serve her? How can I be considerate of the way that she feels? Honestly, this feels very much like submissive language, even to somebody who's supposedly in the dominant position in the family dynamics in their culture. Like he's saying, listen, you still care. You submit. You have this way of viewing. And it says it this way. I love the NLT because I think it grabs the, uh, the, the heart of this context. It says, in the same way you husband must give honor to your wives, treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker, and this is speaking physically, okay? Uh, she may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. And then there's almost a threat here. Treat her as you should, so your prayer will not be hindered. Say, you better take this serious, guys. Don't mess around with this one, all right? Okay. And so this is the kind of the stuff that we've been digging in throughout this, this whole idea of submission, 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 choosing submission. This is the way of Christ. And my guess is there's some of you that are still sitting back feeling like, yeah, but this doesn't feel, that doesn't feel like the way I want to live. Like there's something about this, like that's not normal, Greg. That feels very bizarre that you would act that way, that you would behave that way. And I get that, okay? It's a really, really high calling. It's a high challenge. And so I want to get to our big so what as we wrap up here this morning, Okay. The big so what is this? Living like Jesus means choosing submission. Living like Jesus means choosing submission. A lot of us, we say, oh, I want to live like Jesus. I want to be just like, remember the WWJD bracelets? How many owned one of those things, right? WWJD bracelets. So cool. Yeah, what would Jesus do? Yeah, I want to live just like Jesus did. I want to live like him. Like he's my, he's my hero. He's the one I want to be just like. Okay. <laughs> That's great when it's like, I want to be loving. I want to be gracious. I want to tell amazing stories just like Jesus did. Okay, do you want to submit like he did? That's the invitation. He's calling us to a life, take up our cross and die to ourselves. This is why, this is one of those things where, where the world, there's, there's many people that, that were with Jesus. And when he got real about what it meant to follow him, they turned and walked another way. They're like, yeah, that calling is too high. And I would guess there's some of you in this room that right now you're like, man, that calling's high. I can go to church on Sunday morning, but can I really live out that kind of a life? You can't do it perfectly, but that's the life we're called to pursue, a life of submission. And when we look at Jesus, what was Jesus' attitude on earth? I think it's best summed up in Philippians chapter two. You, you hear me come to this passage regularly. It's one of my favorite passages in scripture. Which says this, in your relationships with one another, that's even more vague, not just with authority. <laughs> your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. He is God. The God of all creation has that level of authority, right? Had those rights, every right known to mankind. He had every right. There's no reason why he should have done what he did, but instead, what did he say? Rather, he made himself nothing. The Greek says he emptied himself of every right, every privilege that he had by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. It goes on and says, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. So I wanna live like Jesus. 
That's what it looks like to live like Jesus. It's submitting to the Father. And because he was willing to submit to the Father, he submit to the very men that would send him to a cross. He had all power and authority and he submitted to the men who put nails in his hands. He had all power and authority. He submitted to the men who jammed a spear in his side. And then when it was all over with, he didn't say, can't believe what you guys just did to me. No, he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. The invitation for us as followers of Christ is could we be like Jesus? Now, if you're like me, I'd say, I don't know if I could do that. But God, I'm willing to submit to your authority and have you teach me what it means to, to submit to other authorities. Whether they're the perfect ones, whether they're the imperfect, whatever it is, God, teach me to live the way of Christ. Help me to flee the way of Babylon and follow the way of Christ. That's our invitation. And so I wanna ask you something. I wanna give you a challenge here as we close this morning. And I want you to think about this. The, the first question is this, where has your heart been rebellious instead of submissive? Where has your heart been rebellious instead of submissive? Some of you young people, if, you're, if you were honest with me, you have a rebellious attitude towards your parents. You just do. You know it. You don't wanna have anything to do with what your parents say. You don't wanna honor what they have to say. You have an attitude against them. I'm telling you, there is a reason why God says, hey, honor your father and mother and it will go well with you. There is blessing that comes when you choose to honor your parents, okay? All right? But it's not just the kids in the room. For some of you, where do you have rebellion in your heart, right? Well, you're not being submissive. Maybe it's with your boss. Maybe it's with a teacher. Maybe it's with some other authority in your life, some other leader that God has put in your life. Whatever that is, where is there rebellion? Maybe it's toward a governmental, you know, maybe you have a rebellion in your heart toward our president. You have rebellion in your heart toward some other leader that's over you, okay? There's, there's not a, a desire to be submissive to the authority God has placed. There's a rebellion against man. Where is that, okay? And maybe your rebellion is straight up just against God. You say, God, I follow you, but there's parts of your life that you say, yeah, but I'm doing this my way. You haven't been willing to submit those area to his authority. Where is that in your life? I'm praying this morning that the Holy Spirit would speak to you because this is one of the greatest tools the enemy will use to destroy you, to wage war against your soul, is to get you to have a heart of rebellion against him and against authorities in your life, all right? And so the second question I ask, once you've kind of discovered that is what are you gonna do about that? You sense there's rebellion in your heart towards someone, this lack of submissiveness towards someone, towards some authority. What are you gonna do? Are you gonna continue to operate in rebellion? Or are you going to take the step that Christ invites us to? And that's one of repentance. Say, God, forgive me. And I'm gonna turn. I know that I've been operating. I feel it, it's still in my heart, but God, I'm gonna purpose in my heart to turn away from that and to begin to choose submission even when I don't want to, even when it isn't the thing I feel like doing. All right, would you bow your heads, close your eyes, cross the room. I just want you to think about this for a moment while you're inviting the Holy Spirit to speak to your hearts. Here's, here's what I would say. The passage makes it really, really clear that you may be acting 
in rebellion, but hear this, your submission may lead to someone else's salvation. Your submission may lead to someone else's salvation. And so whoever that is, whatever that is authority in your life that maybe you're wrestling with a little bit, God may be wanting to use you to actually reach that person, but how are you going to respond? So right now, Father, we thank you so much that God, we, we can always turn back to you, Lord. I know we have mankind and we have these authorities on this world that, that are unhealthy and toxic at times, but God, we can always come back to you and remind ourselves that you're a good father, that you care for us, you are wise, you do have all authority. And God, that we can entrust our lives to you no matter what the authorities are acting like. God, we can decide to entrust our lives to you. God, we acknowledge that we naturally want to rebel. We want to rebel against you and we want to rebel against anybody who's telling us what to do. But Father, I'm praying right now that you would soften our hearts, that you would soften our hearts. God, that you would give us a, a willingness to, to lay our lives down just like Christ laid his life down for us. Would you give us that ability, Lord? Right now, I pray by the Holy Spirit, you would speak. I'd invite you right now even just to, to ask, Holy Spirit, would you speak to my heart right now? Who is that person? What is that authority? What is that structure where you struggle in submissiveness? Who is that? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. With every head bow and every eye closed, this is just between you and God, but I'm gonna give you an opportunity to respond. If you know, like, yep, I know there's, there's someone or there's a situation where I just, I'm struggling this in my heart and as an act of surrender, I wanna repent of that rebellion in my heart and I wanna say, God, I wanna, I wanna learn submission. Teach me submission. If that's you this morning, just as an act of surrender, would you just lift a hand and say, God, I need your help with this person. I need your help in this circumstance. Wherever it is, yep, across the room. Who is that? Father, would you speak? Thank you, Lord. Father, I pray for every circumstance, every unique circumstance, whether it's in the room or online, God, I pray that you would teach us, teach us what it looks like to live such good lives. Teach us what it looks like to have hearts of submissiveness to those in authority, Lord. God, may we be those who operate different than the world does for your glory. God, that people could look at us and we could say, just like Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. God, I pray every one of us could tell people, hey, follow me as I follow Christ. Submit to authorities like I submit to authority, right? Have a heart, uh, not a heart of rebellion, but of submission, just like I do. God, may that be something that's true for all of us. And God, I pray that you would break. If anybody's caught in a stronghold of bitterness and rebellion, Lord, I'm praying right now in the name of Jesus that you would break that down. God, you would set us free, Lord, that there would truly be freedom in this place today. We pray that, we ask that in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Would you stand with me across the room? I want to I send you out this week, okay? Because the goal is not just to hear this thing, it's to live this thing, all right? So I'm going to invite our prayer team forward. Uh, if you're here with our prayer team, you need prayer over anything. They're going to be up here along the front. Please come receive prayer. Allow them to minister to you. Just a reminder, uh, following the second service, we're going to be over on that side of the building, just hanging out, having some lunch together. I invite you to come back and join us for that if you would. But I just want to pray a blessing over you, on you as you go this morning. If you want to receive it, just put your hands out like this. And I just want to pray over you. God, I pray for every person in this room, Lord. We are not here just to gather. We are your, your ministers to now go and live the life you've called us to. So God, I pray this week 
that our lives would look different. Father, that we would live such good lives among the pagans that they would see that and they would wonder what is going on. They would see the light that we are living and they would notice it, Lord. And God, I pray if there's any place where we want to step into rebellion, God, I pray against that. Help us to pursue God-given submission to authority this week for your glory and no one else's, Lord. God, help us to live this for your glory, we pray in the name of Jesus. Everybody said, amen, amen. Love you guys. Love you so much. Have a great week. We'll see you back next Sunday.